Please pray with me. Christ, may you be praised this day. We worship you and we exalt you, Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our God. We pray to you this morning, and Father, we ask that as you have come in and among your people throughout the ages, you would come in and among us this morning. Turn our hearts to be devoted to you, to receive the goodness of your love and the grace that you would pour out upon us. We give you our lives. We give you 2017. We give you this morning and ask that by your power and by your presence, you would reach down and intervene in our lives and in our hearts, speak words of love and grace and rescue and care. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. Christ alone, may you be praised this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please have a seat. All right. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year's. Okay, how many of you made it past 8 o'clock? Good, that's a good number. How many of you made it past 9 o'clock? My hand goes down. I had to preach, so give me, you know, give me credit. All right, how many made it past 10 o'clock? 11 o'clock. Into the new year. All right, that's pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah, your hand was up. I'm impressed. Okay, and he was at 8 o'clock worship this morning. Okay, good deal. Yeah, well, happy new year. Hope you had a great and excellent New Year's Eve last night. Lots of fun. Uh, And I hope you had a great Christmas. You know, last week... Uh, I missed being here, but I was so grateful and excited to actually be worshiping with you in my home. I got a chance to invite Christ to be part of my home. I hope you had a great experience with the take-home worship packet. And uh, man, it was really cool in my household to be there in our pajamas, singing and praising and praying together. It was a really cool experience for me. I hope it was the same for you. We had an incredible Christmas Eve here at Christ Church where we got the chance to really share, you know, God's presence in the gospel good news that God has come to be among us, to be a part of our lives, to love us. We got to share that with a tremendous number of people. So thank you for being a part of that. Thank you to all of you who are serving in so many ways to make that happen. It has been a fantastic and good Christmas season and now New Year's that lays out in front of us. I mean, how lucky are we? I mean, really? How lucky are we? Because if you think of it, what happens after Christmas is another holiday. Did you ever notice that? Like right after Christmas comes the New Year's. I mean, we get the joy and the excitement and the anticipation of Christmas and spending time with family and friends and revisiting the Christmas story and singing and, you know, doing all this good stuff with Christmas. And then right after that, shortly after, we get to follow that up with the excitement and the anticipation of a new year. I'll be able to close the book on 2016 and look forward to what might be in store for us in 2017. We get to really kind of step into this season where it is filled with joy and anticipation. And you know, it's, it, it, it can be kind of hard because we're at a point now where 
this coming week, it'll be another transition time where we are grateful for the joy and the excitement over this past month and couple weeks. But come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's kind of like back to reality, is it not? I mean, what lays in front of us in an honest and good way is back to our regular rhythms, our regular routines. It's back to dealing with and navigating the difficulty and the stresses that come with life. It's back to work. It's back to running kids to this and running kids to that. It's back to reality that we've had an incredible restive experience during Christmas and the New Year's. And yet what lays in front of us is stepping once more into the reality of our lives as an ongoing experience. This was true not only for us, this is true today, that following Christmas and New Year's we get back into reality, but it's actually true also in the Scriptures. That following Jesus' arrival, following the Christmas story, shortly thereafter... Those involved are thrust back into reality. The wise men, the shepherds, Mary and Joseph, those who are intimately tied to the experience of welcoming God into this world, Christmas. Right after Christmas comes a really harsh reality check. As once again, people are exposed to the difficult realities of our world. Let me show you in Scripture. You see, for the wise men, take them for example. We've been looking at them for a couple weeks now. And they go through this incredible journey, right? Where they start out east and they they come traveling miles upon miles. and, And they wander through and they make their way all the way to the town and the city of Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they meet this kind of nasty dude named Herod, right? Herod is this bad dude. He's bad business. He's this kind of crime lord, thug. He's got, he's got people in his pockets, you know. He's this king of the Jews, but he's just a nasty dude, right? And the wise men come to him and say, Hey, we hear your replacement is on his way. We've come to worship your replacement, the new king. And Herod, of course, does he take kindly to this? Not so much, but he plays it cool. And he says, once you find the new king, let me know so that I can can turn over the reins to him. Well, he's not really thinking about turning over the reins to him. He's thinking about scheming and greed and power and how he can maintain his grip, his evil reality that he lives in. So the wise men leave Herod and find Jesus. And they fall down. And they worship him. And they give him his gifts. And it's all good. And and now it's time to head back home. So they get up and, and they start retracing their steps. And they hit the road with their camels. And they're headed back towards Jerusalem. Where awaits them Herod. That same bad dude. You see, the reality for the wise men coming out of Christmas is that they are headed for their very own destruction. They've got a target on their back. And as they make their way towards Jerusalem once more, 
they're walking closer and closer to their own pain and hurt and potential death. Whoa. You see, coming out of Christmas is a harsh reality. The Bible says, God warned them in a dream, don't go back towards Herod. Herod is out to get you. It's a hard reality. And it's not only for the wise men. The wise men are not the only ones stepping back into a a, a daily grind, a tough space, a, a tough situation. It actually happens for Mary and Joseph too. Mary and Joseph, they have this incredible experience where they travel all the way from this this northern town named Nazareth and they come down and they make their way to be good citizens. They go to this town of Bethlehem and my goodness, Mary doesn't pop on the way. Thanks be to God. She makes it all the way to Bethlehem before she gets to welcome this joy into her life and into this world where she has her child. And there they are. They're making a temporary home, trying to kind of put down a couple roots enough that they can be obedient to the state and what the state requires and, and, and provide for their new child, Jesus, that's there. And as they're kind of settled and, and, oh my gosh, and these wise men are coming and they give these gifts and they have their finances provided for and they're these shepherds who are celebrating and it's, it's super good Christmas stuff. But immediately following Christmas and the joy of Jesus' arrival, Mary and Joseph also are thrust into a difficult reality, challenging circumstances come their way. That same bad dude, Herod, just like he's out to get the wise men, he's out to get their child, Jesus Herod is out to destroy Jesus. It says in Matthew 2, Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. And so even though Jesus is now in the world and a part of their lives and their parents, their entire world just gets turned upside down because there is a a dictator, an evil reality out there trying to destroy the joy and the hope that they have. Their whole world gets tossed and turned and thrown into a harsh reality. And, and, and it's not only for the wise men. It's, it's not only for Mary and Joseph. It's not only for individual people who face difficult situations. Hard realities can be for entire communities, peoples, And actually, the whole world. You see, Herod decides to send out his thugs into the streets in search of baby Jesus and kill every boy under two years old. The entire city of Bethlehem cry out in mourning at the pain and the grief and the violence that is a part of their world. You see, in the Scriptures, following Christmas is the harsh reality that evil is active 
evil is working. And in fact, in this situation, evil is in control. It's got kingship. It's reigning in this world. That is a hard reality. Following the joy of Christmas. And yet it is one that we as Christ followers do not close our eyes to. If you're a Christ follower, we intentionally do not remain ignorant. We intentionally do not close our eyes to the hard realities that our world throws upon us. Just as there was violence and oppression, there was greed and hurt in the Scriptures and then in the time before us, so too we as Christians are not afraid to acknowledge today. In 2017, we too acknowledge that evil is a part of our world. Brokenness is here. We see it on the news We see it in our families. We see it in the mirror. Scriptures make plain. And our lives make plain. That as we celebrate the joy of Christmas, we also return to the reality of brokenness in our lives and in this world. As you head back into reality, you head back into situations, into jobs, into challenges. You head back into a hard and harsh reality. And we acknowledge that this morning. Now here's the good news. Evil is indeed a part of the Scriptures, and it is part of our reality. But, but, just as, 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 as evil is active in the Scriptures and in that time, just as evil is active now, so too is our God. You see, Evil may be active and be plain in the Scriptures, but so is God's hand of intervention. Evil may be at work through this Herod guy, but so too is God's work evident through His people, through Jesus. You see, just as evil might reign, so too God rescues. Evil reigns. But God, your God, is active, interceding in this broken world to bring about rescue in the midst of our harsh reality. Let me show you in the scriptures how God does this. The wise men, they're headed for Jerusalem, headed towards their very own destruction. And God steps in and intervenes in their life. He shows up and he speaks to the wise men and he says, Whoa, stop! Head a different direction. I'm warning you. 
It's a trap. It's like Admiral Akbar showing up. It's a trap. God shows up and says, it's a trap. Don't go back that way. Head a different direction. Let me intervene and rescue you so as to preserve you and your witness and your story because I am your God and I am working for you and not against you. I'm going to try to rescue you and save you. So head a different direction. And don't continue towards your destruction. They returned to their own country by another route. Why? Because... God rescued them. God came to them in a dream and said, go another route. Change direction. Listen to my voice, my intervention, and my rescue. It's not only for the wise men, it also happens for Mary and for Joseph. Here this Herod guy is out to destroy their child And God intervenes. God steps in and says, Hey, Joe, get up. Flee to Egypt. I'm going to pave the way so that you can escape, so that you can get out of here. There's a bad guy who's hunting you down, so I need you to trust me. I need you to put your trust in my plan and what I'm trying to accomplish here. I need you to go with my flow, and I need you to get up and run down to Egypt. I'm going to make the way possible for you. Despite the upheaval, despite the challenging circumstances, I'm your God and I'm going to rescue you and your wife and your child and make sure that you are safe. So get up and flee to Egypt. I'm here to rescue you. I will not sit idly by and allow evil simply to reign. I will intervene And rescue you and your family. And just as it happens for specific people, for specific lives, for specific persons, so too God's rescue is taking place for entire communities, peoples, nations. God is active rescuing the world. Though Bethlehem in the land of Israel has grief and pain, though Jesus must flee for his life, God calls Jesus back to the very land of suffering and pain, brings him back to the place of grief and hurt and turmoil, to begin his ministry, to grow up and preach and teach and bring good news, to die and be resurrected and bring about his kingdom. Jesus comes back to rescue the people of Israel. To rescue this world. Despite the hard and harsh realities made evident in the scriptures that evil does indeed reign and have power and is at work, God 
your God is active, intervening, working in your life and in your circumstances to bring about rescue. It was true then, and it is true now, for 2017, this year that lays in front of you. You see, there will be, I will be perfectly transparent with you, you will experience in the year that lays in front of you, challenge and difficulty. Personally, you will experience grief and loss and hurt. I guarantee it. You're going to run into a Herod. You're going to run into situations where whole communities will mourn and be grieving. I don't know if any of you turned on the news and saw just recent events from last night. That violence and oppression is going to be a part of 2017. But, just as evil is active, so too is our God. In 2017, in the year that lays in front of you, your God will be active intervening in your life, in the lives of those around you, to bring hope, rescue, to bring about a new year and a new life. God has not abandoned us, but instead is at work. For some of us, it will mean changing direction. For some of us, it will mean a new direction in life. Just like the wise men had a change direction, they were headed for their own destruction, yet God warned them and said, hey, I need you to head a new way, a new direction. For some of you, it means a new direction in your marriage. It means a new direction in your self-esteem. It means changing and not continuing in the bad habits and the bad patterns that seem to be so established, but allowing God to rescue you from those things and change the direction of your life to head in a truly new direction. For some of us, it's going to mean going with God's flow, putting our trust in Him, despite circumstances that we can't foresee, despite the upheaval that will come our way. It's saying, God, I don't know about this situation. I don't know what to do, but this I do know. You are going to lead me. You are going to pave the way. You are going to provide for me and for my family. And so I put my trust and my hope, just like Mary, just like Joseph, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to go where you call me and do what you ask me to do. I'm going to get up and flee to Egypt. I'm going to make a change in my career. I'm going to make a change in my lifestyle. I'm going to do and trust in you. I'm going to go where you ask me. I'm going to trust you. Just like Mary and Joseph, I'm going to let you rescue me in 2017. 
And for those of us, when we turn on the news, when we open the paper, when we see our community, when we look at our government and we look at international things and politics and we seem to overwhelmed with grief and with sorrow and with sadness. When you are at a point where you see violence and oppression and greed, you are able to stand up and trust in God's eternal rescue. That just as Jesus came back to a land of suffering, the land of Israel, so too Jesus Christ is coming back to this place. To our world and our brokenness. Jesus Christ is coming back to bring about His kingdom which will have no end. And it will be a kingdom of peace and hope and joy everlasting. In the moments in 2017 where you experience the reality that evil reigns, you can stand up as a Christ follower and shout out and say, evil may reign, but my God rescues. He rescues me. He rescues you. And indeed, He is rescuing this world. To close today, I want to start this new year. I want to actually invite God through prayer to begin those works of rescue that we will need in the year in front of us. That we invite His, his intercession that we invite His work and God's activity in our lives to keep the evil at bay and truly bring about His redeeming rescue. So let's do that. We're going to pause right now and pray to close. Please join me in praying as we invite God's rescue in 2017. Heavenly Father, You stepped close into this world. We give joy and thanksgiving, praise and honor to you because you chose to come wrapped in swaddling clothes, wrapped in flesh, deep into this world. You came in the person of Jesus Christ. You came to rescue us. You interceded and intervened for the wise men that they might change direction and be brought to safety. You intervened for Mary and Joseph and spoke into their lives and led them to a place of safety and refuge. You even welcomed your son back into a land of suffering to begin his greatest work of living preaching and teaching, dying and being resurrected to accomplish a rescue not of just the town of Bethlehem, but a rescue for this entire world. Jesus, we praise you. Our rescue, we praise you. We ask and invite into this year, the year that lays in front of us, whatever realities that lay there before us, that you would indeed be with us, working, rescuing, 
bringing us hope and a future. We invite your hand and your work into our lives, into our communities, and into this world in this year of 2017. Just as you are at work in the scriptures, so too be at work this day, be at work this year. Come and rescue us. Rescue us in 2017. We ask and we pray this. Jesus, in your name, amen.